0: Good morning, Springbrook. So good to be with you. I'm really excited about what we'll be talking about today in relationship to how it's going to change the prayer culture in our church. Uh, The sheriff deputy gave me a call this past week, and they said, somebody hit your sign. So I'm imagining somebody hit the rock. But as we went on, I realized it was just a road sign. And here's a picture of it. Uh, (laughs) It's a gospel sign, right? Yeah. It's a gospel sign. Jesus, the only way. So I'm going to call him back this week. I just leave it the way it is. It's great. It's fine. No doubt about that. And then I shared it with my friends on Facebook. I would love to be your friend on Facebook. If you would like to be my friend. So send me a request. <laughs> Facebook is is just incredible, right? It's celebrating 10 years. Mark Zuckerberg, as you'll see here, uh, he founded it uh, back at Harvard. And originally, of course, as you know, it was used in the Ivy League schools as a network. And then it grew to other high schools. And finally, in 2006, it was opened up to everybody over the age of 13. And the rest is history. You know how many people are on Facebook? 1 billion 230 million people. Now, there's 500 million people that are actually you know, active on Facebook. Uh, but <laughs> that is just incredible. And so uh, I was doing some research trying to figure out, okay, what is the appeal of Facebook? And one psychologist said, what Facebook does for people who like it, uh, it it meets their need to belong, and it meets their need for self-representation, self-presentation, that is. The need to belong and the need for self-presentation. And really, those needs have been around since Adam and Eve, Right? need to belong to something. They need to be with another person and and uh, talk about your life and talk about what's going on. That's just our core needs. Unfortunately, it's a little bit artificial because think about this past week. How much time you spend on Facebook compared to how many times did you spend with friends or at a small group actually talking to people that you can <laughs> respond to in that way? I tell you what, friends, uh, this is the original and true Facebook right here. The Holy Word of God. This is His Facebook. And the whole purpose of this book is for us to learn about Him and experience by reading, by being in settings like this, by being involved in prayer, which we're going to talk about uh, today. Look at the definition for prayer. Uh, i go to the next one, I'm sorry. Prayer is experiencing the presence and power of God. How many of you got together with a good friend this past week? Anybody get together with a good friend? Now, you look forward to that, right? You always love hanging out with people that love you and care for you. That's an experience. Well, that's what God wants in our relationship. Now, it's much more difficult, as you know. Uh, He's not sitting straight across the table from you. But friends, as you continue to grow and learn, it can become a very rich and beautiful experience. The times you spend with God. And you look forward to it like the times you spend with a good friend. So the presence of God. That's what we want to experience. God's presence. And then the power of God. Of course we want to experience the power of God. But the challenge for most Christians is, and we all struggle with this, is that when we pray, we jump right to our grocery list, right? Of all the things that we need and other people need in our lives and we don't even think about worship we don't even think about this being a time to get to know god better well i i just am thrilled uh to say that uh we are going to be praying to the lord that he will change our prayer culture here at springbrook and that we would always be involved in what they call worship based prayer what do people pray for well, this is from LifeWay Research, a Christian organization. They did a survey. 82% said family and friends. 74% said our own problems and difficulties. 37% said our enemies. Now, it depends on how you're praying for them. Uh, they have the imprecatory psalms. That's a type of psalm where uh, the psalmist is calling down judgment upon a person. <laughs> so try to stay away from that. Yeah. <laughs> But we should pray for enemies. Uh, uh, 36, financial prosperity. 21% to win the lottery. Uh, 13% favorite sports team to win. Got the big game coming up uh, this week. And 1% government leaders. Now, what is that all about? That's all about me and the people I care about. It's all centered around me. But the whole point of prayer is that it's centered around God. So we've got it all wrong sometimes as we approach God. And there's so many people that misunderstand the true purpose of prayer. And the true purpose of prayer, of course, is what we said. to experience. To get together with God and hang out with Him and and talk to them and listen to them and, and the power of God. Psalm 27, 8 is an important verse uh, that we use to talk about worship based prayer. Psalm 27, 8 says, You have said, Seek my face. My heart says to you, Your face, Lord, do I seek. Your face, Lord, do I seek. So, when you go to prayer, the first thing you do is you open up your Bible, you go to a Scripture passage, and you read it to the Lord. You just dwell upon the, 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 the attributes of God. And you experience God in that moment. That's the way every prayer time should start out. Listen in the next slide. There we go. Worship-based prayer. See God's face, and then His hand. Of course, we usually go for His hand, right? Where the blessings come from. I've been a part of a, a prayer coaching group for the last five months. Grateful for the elders allowing me to do that. And it's just a conference call uh, every two weeks, and so we pray for a half hour to start out the call. Uh, worship-based prayer and then another 45 minutes is spent in just talking about these principles some that I'll be sharing with you and it just God always delivers to you what you need at the right time and Daniel Henderson is a leadership leader of it he's uh, the director of the 6-4 fellowship and a leader in the United States in prayer and so we look in his book And a lot of these principles, of course, are from his book. Uh, We look at what he says in transforming prayer. God's hand is a blessing of what he does. So that's where we're usually at, right? We're looking for blessings. God's face represents his person and presence. That's where we need to start. We need to be connected uh, to God. God's hand expresses his provision for needs in our lives. I have learned that if all we ever do is seek God's hand, we may miss his face. But if we seek his face, he would be glad to open and satisfy the deepest desires of our heart. Friends, what we're talking about today can transform your prayer life and it can transform you. Because it's one of the ways that God does that in our lives. Now, it's interesting as you look through Scripture, there, there's priorities in how you approach God in prayer. First, of course, of course, you look at biblical prayers and things like that. They always start off with worship. With all of Paul's prayers. All, all about the worship of the Lord and the attributes of God and things of that nature. So... That's the first priority. Just have a little bit of time to pray. Spend time worshiping God. And we're going to show you how to do that. The second priority is the soul. That you would pray for your soul. That you, your soul will be cultivated. I'm reading an excellent book called Soul Keeping by John Orpberg. I really would encourage you to pick it up. Because it talks all about the fact that we're so consistent Soon with our external life and things that are going on, we forget about our soul. That it needs to be fed and that it needs to be cultivated and empowered by God. Our soul is going to go with us. The soul is the only thing that's going with us, right? So that's where we need to keep our focus every day. is how healthy is my soul. And also for the souls of others. As you pray for different people. Let's say you're praying for someone who is sick. Well, certainly, yeah, you want to pray for them that they 're sick, but also pray for their soul Lord, give them patience lord i don 't know what you why this has happened, but teach them what you want to teach them, so even every particular prayer request can be about a person's soul because that 's much more important than what 's happening to them it's more important that they it's more important you pray for Their soul first when they're in a car accident or when they're sick and they're going through a divorce. You first pray for their soul that the Lord would continue to fashion it to be more like Jesus Christ. So first you have worship, then you pray for your soul and the souls of others, lost people's souls, and then also... Finally you pray for resources and relationships, the things that we typically pray about. But that that that's it. Seek God, pray for your soul and the other souls they're praying for, and then finally, then everything else we pray about. Now, why don't we do this? It's a really good question. I was thinking about this and I thought, well, you know, it really isn't taught. Now we've never had this type of focus here at Springbrook, and I'm sorry about that, but, but, but we're going to, and uh, we're just going to ask the Lord to change our prayer culture so it's all worship-based. starts out with your Bible open, thinking about God. I can think of the church I grew up in. We prayed a lot, and they didn't teach me how to do it there. I remember going to prayer meetings with my mom, and uh, a lot of people there who were praying for just resources and relationships. There wasn't a lot of time necessary, uh, necessarily given over to the worship of God. And that's why a lot of people drop out on prayer meetings, because <laughs> it's not God-fueled. I mean, it's important to pray for other people, but God always has to be at the center. Another reason is that... Uh, it's uh, We just don't feel like we have the time. Right? Everybody's busy. Oh, i got to have my prayer time. So how am I going to use my prayer time to most effectively serve me? Well, I'm going to go right to my request, right? Those are the most important things to me. We all struggle with this. This is very normal. But that's why we're teaching that God wants us to pray in a different way. And also because people are scared to pray in this way. On one side, they might feel uncomfortable and awkward. And yeah, it will be when you start to practice this method of prayer. But you'll get used to it and you'll grow to love it, just like getting together with a good friend. All right? The other reason is that people don't want to change. They say, I don't want to do that. I might find something where God convicts me, and I think my life is just fine. You know, this is modeled in Scripture. This is not a new idea, obviously. Jesus Christ in the Lord's birth. Look at Matthew 6, 9 through 10. Our Father in heaven. So the first part is all about God. The second part is about our needs. And an easy way to remember this in terms of approaching prayer are the key phrases, Lord, you are Worthy. So you take a passage of Scripture and you say, Lord, you are worthy. So we look at this. He's worthy because He's our Father. I mean, oh my, He's our Dad. All right? He loves us so much. And He's in heaven. That gives us hope, right? Because this earth is pretty screwed up. But He's in heaven. Hallowed be Your name. Holy. Set apart. Totally different. Holy be Your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, that's why it's so important to start with God, because so many times we're trying to <laughs> we're trying to get God to do our will, right? <laughs> what we want to do. But if you start with worship-based prayer, if you start with God and you realize who He is and realize that He wants you to serve Him, it's going to change some of your requests that you make. You want His will to be done, not necessarily your will or agenda. Then we look at uh, the second part. So 50% of the Lord's Prayer was worship. And then the last part is, uh, again, praying for needs. Give us this day our daily bread. Well, that covers everything. you got to remember the Lord's Prayer is, I mean, if you... It's okay, of course, to quote it and pray it to the Lord, but it is a model. He was giving an example of prayer about what's important. and That's why we study it like this. Give us this day our daily bread. That means all the needs that we have and other people have. And forgive us our debts as we so often forgiven our debtors. So, uh, so you start out with, Lord, you are worthy. And then you move to, Lord, I am needy. Lord, you are worthy because of this, because of this, because of this. Lord, I am needy because of this, because of this. Our church is needy. Another person is needy in their life. That's the the Lord's Prayer. So 50% of it is spent in worshiping God, experiencing God, recognizing Him for who He is. And the other 50% is spent on our needs. What worship prayer is not, base prayer is not, first of all, it's not a new method of prayer as we talked about. It does not eliminate requests. I want you to hear this loud and clear. Worship-based prayer helps us understand the context, conditions of all of our prayer requests. So when we get our perspective straightened out by worshiping God first and realizing who He is and Again, changing our perspective from maybe what we've been drifting toward that day. Say, okay, God, you know, <laughs> it's going to influence your requests Because they've got to be His will, right? But again, I, I think the main reason that people don't want to do this, if they're challenged, is because of their pride. Their pride. Hey! And I got life handled. God is there for the emergency situations or for complicated situations. But otherwise, I got things all taken care of. Tim Hansel in his book, When I Relax, I Feel Guilty, talks about $3 worth of God. A man said, I would like to buy $3 worth of God, please. Not enough to explode my soul or to serve my slave, but just enough to, to equal a cup of warm milk or a snooze in the sunshine. I don't want enough of him to make me love a black man or pick beets with a migrant. I want ecstasy, not transformation. I want the warmth of a womb, not a new birth. I want a pound of the eternal in a paper sack. I would like to buy $3 worth of God, please. Hmm. Some of us just want enough of God to help us get our lives done. We're not necessarily interested in an intimate relationship uh, with God, but we just want enough so we can get our agenda fulfilled. And, friends, of course, that's not what God wants. He paid for your penalty on the cross through Jesus Christ. Not in order that He would help you live the life you've always wanted to live. But in order that He would be Lord over your life and that you would live the life that He desires you to live. And when you're in this worship-based prayer, as you grow in it, uh, you, you have to deal with your pride. That's why it says, James 4, 8 and 10, Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Isn't that interesting? If you turn towards God, if you seek His face, He is going to respond to you. He's going to to be around you in a different way. He is going to reveal more of Himself to you. But only if you're looking for it, if you're not looking for it. You're going to miss it and miss what the Christian life is all about. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. That's a great verse because when you're prideful, you're sinful. You need to cleanse your hands and you need to purify your hearts, you double-minded. That's, again, the whole idea of being double-minded. You know, I'm trying to live for God, but there's all these things in the world that I'm trying to do. Uh, that are priorities sometimes over God. Stop being double-minded. Claim Jesus Christ as Lord and ask for His help. Not, to, not to do that. Verse 9, be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. That's a real pick-me-upper. <laughs> That's the one you want to put on the fridge. Well, why does he say that? I mean, what's the big deal? The big deal is we're sinners and we need to repent of our pride. The only way you're going to have an intimate relationship with God is on a daily basis, you realize how weak you are, how much you need God. You need to be totally dependent upon Him. That's going to take a while. It's a process. But friends, we need to repent. We need to realize how sinful we've been in regards to not experiencing God in prayer. Not depending on Him in prayer. And verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord and He will exalt you. Isn't that beautiful? When you experience God, when you humble yourself and, Lord, I'm not as great as I thought I was. <laughs> I just can't do this. I've got to have you. I've got to have you walking beside me in life. I I need to, to have everything that you can give me. And the most important thing is I need to know you. Because you're the center of the universe, not me. Humble yourselves before the Lord. And He will exalt you. Here's another interesting verse about seeking God's face. Number six twenty four. Uh, one you're all familiar with. You've been in church a while. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Now, isn't that interesting? It's talking about our relationship with God. And this is a prayer. Asking that we would be close to God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you. Well, how, how are you going to have God's face shine upon you? It's when you give your life over to Him and you're in the Facebook, okay? And you're listening to God. That's when the face, I mean, when you the Holy Spirit is working through God's Word and any type of situation, you see the face of God. And that is what really is satisfying in life. And so we all need to continue to learn. His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Then it goes, the Lord lift up His countenance. What are they talking, talking about? They talk about the face again, right? And give you peace. So do you want more peace in your life? Well, you, need, you need more face time with God, because only when you truly understand Him and His ways will you be able to understand what's going on in your life. John fifteen four speaks about abiding in Christ. Abide in Me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in Me. This is what we call soul food, okay? This feeds your soul. As you get to know God better and experience His grace, experience His love by spending time with Him. Abiding that whole idea of Jesus Christ within us and He's there, but at the same time, we need to recognize that a lot of Christ followers will just go throughout their days and not think much about God. Well, the idea of abiding is that you're aware that you can't do it on your own, and that you need to be ne- you need to be attached to the vine, because Jesus Christ is the vine. That's where everything comes from that you need. For life. It's practicing the presence of God. It's just as you go throughout the day, whether it be memorizing verses or whether it be just looking for God on a God hunt. You're looking for God in that day. And instead of having a negative attitude when you're going that way, to turn that around and have a thankful attitude. Okay? It's all what we focus upon, right? That's all about the idea of abiding in Christ. Another verse, First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, we've studied these verses before recently. But again, now you put it in perspective with worship-based prayer. If you understand who God is, if you understand what His purpose is, for your life is, and that is to glorify Him. If you understand that He is molding you to become more like Jesus Christ, then you can rejoice always. Then you can give thanks in all circumstances because you have a totally different perspective on things. You know that you're you're a person that is part of God's kingdom. For this is the will of God. We pray for the will of God, and not our will.
1: This, this next
0: verse—it's um, a beautiful verse. Second Corinthians 18, and it talks about sanctification. Sanctification, of course, is the, the doctrine that we see in Scripture of how one grows daily with Jesus Christ. You know, He does, our, he does His part; we do our part. And look what it says. And we all with unveiled face. Now, why don't we have a veiled face? Because we were spiritually dead. God chose us for eternity. And now we can see Him. Just glimpses of Him. But the more we look for Him, the more we'll see Him. With unveiled face. Beholding the glory of the Lord. How do you behold the glory of the Lord? Well, in worship, experiencing God, listening to worship music, whatever, but thinking about God instead of yourself, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. One degree of glory to another. Ah. <laughs> oh. Your walk with Christ is a long journey. And it's many times painful. A lot of challenges. But I tell you what, if you keep walking with Him, if you humble yourselves, if you focus on Him, you're going to experience more of Him. You remember Moses when he was up on the mountain, uh, 40 days and 40 nights, and he had a chance to see just a part of God, and he came back down, and he was a glowing man. <laughs> Put a head on him, just couldn't see him. And uh, that's what happens when you spend time with God. You start to glow. You start to glow with the glory of God. And the key phrase here: from one degree of glory to another. It's a step-by-step process. So your goal in life is to let God take your life, and then let Him work in you. Let Him do what He has to do to make you more like Him, from one degree of glory to another. I, I just uh, that I don't know. I was studying that this past week, and that just the Holy Spirit just kind of really got a hold of me because that's what the Christian life is. You're growing, but it seems so slow sometimes. And you're struggling with a sin, and it seems like you should have victory sooner than this. And you're in a relationship uh, that's painful. And we go on and on. But degree, at daily. You're getting a little more glory of God if you're responding in the right way. And what do you do with that glory? You show it to other people. That's what you do. You're a walking advertisement for the gospel. That's the most powerful thing other than the Word of God that, that uh, unsaved people need to see. They need to say, what, what, what is the deal with you? What is the deal with you? Why don't you do this? Why don't you swear? Why don't you? you know, whatever it is. That's because you're showing the glory of God. And that's the purpose of our life, is to show the glory of God, uh, just to glorify Him in everything. It's all about God and not about me. It's interesting, uh, a pediatric study that was done about how babies respond to the face. In 1978, pediatric researchers coined a term known as a still face effect. Through extensive experiments, experts have discovered that the normal feedback infants receive from their mothers in face-to-face interaction is distorted by having the mothers face their infants but remain facially unresponsive. They have their infant in front of them, but they just have a, a face that's not expressing anything. The negative impact of an unresponsive face was significant. The infant studied reacted with intense wariness and eventual withdrawal, demonstrating the innate need of a child for an interactive encounter with the enlivened face of a care-giving parent. We've heard this before, right? How important it is. Just that relationship you have with that infant and your child and... Spending time with them, looking into their eyes. We all need that. We all need a connection with people. There are certain people that we're drawn to because there's a deeper connection. We feel with them and they meet our needs. And that's great. That's how God designed it. But number one, we need to connect with God. We need to spend face time with Him in order that we might... Grow in glory because when we, we 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 open up the Bible, what we see is we see this this loving God, this all powerful God, this God who wants to help us. I mean, in James it talks about God wants to give us wisdom. God wants to give it generously to him. God is is all about generosity, right? One of his attributes. Uh, That verse is one for the fridge. (laughs) Especially uh, for moms dealing with little kids. (laughs) Just one degree of glory. Uh, Now let me just uh, model this for for you for a second. Let's see. Colossians 1, 13 and uh, 14. All right. I'm just going to spend a minute here in uh, gospel, or excuse me, worship based prayer. This is how I would start out my my time alone with God. Oh dear Heavenly Father, you are worthy because you have delivered me from the dominion of darkness, Lord. I was I was headed toward an eternity without you. But you delivered me, Lord. You are worthy and then You transferred us, or me, to the kingdom of His beloved Son. Lord, I'm part of Your kingdom. I'm just a stranger in this word. I'm just an exile. And I want to be living for You. And it's so hard, Lord, but I just want to thank You that I'm a king's kid. And that my life is all about You here on earth. And not myself, in whom we have uh, kingdom of His beloved Son, and whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Oh Lord, I just, I just want to thank you so much for Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross, how He redeemed me, how He bought me, how He transformed me. You sent Him down, part of the Trinity pay the penalty for my sin. And I am so thankful that that's the only thing you did for me. That would be enough. Lord, you are worthy because you forgive. I have the incredible privilege of being able to walk around guilt free. Guilt free. I don't have to be guilty because you've forgiven me. Thank you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So that's just an illustration of how you take a a scripture. You might want to read scripture to God to start out. Just take a psalm and and read it and go through it in that way. Now, if you could take out this yellow flyer. This is a guide in how to do worship-based prayer. There's a lot of ways to do it, but... I want to give some guidelines that might help you. So basically, you always open your prayer time with the Bible open at a passage that you're going to reflect upon that reveals a character of God or a prayer in the Bible or other passages that draw you into communion with God. The whole purpose is you're trying to spend time with God and experience Him. The key truth is seek the face of God and then... His hand. Now, I, I'd recommend that you spend at least a third to a half of your prayer time in worshiping the Lord. And that's what the, Jesus Christ did in the model prayer. The Lord's Prayer, right? Half of the time was glorifying God. You say, well, that's a lot of time. I'm not even sure I, I know how to do this. <laughs> I would encourage you just to, to do it for as long as you can. <laughs> <laughs> and just keep practicing it, okay? The two parts of prayer can be summed up. Lord, you are worthy because... This is in your, uh, your uh, folders. At this time, you scan the passage. So if you're looking like the passage I did, attributes of God that lead you into praise. It's good to focus on one passage and let the Spirit speak to you. Really reflect and meditate upon that passage. And listen to the Spirit. Have you ever done that before? Just in prayer you reflect upon a passage and then you just are still and listen to what the Spirit has to say to you. It's also a great time for you know, playing worship songs. They're a great way to draw you into the throne room. So the first part is, Lord, you are worthy because. The second is, Lord, I am needy because... They want to start this time out with asking God to reveal any sin in your life. Now, hopefully you've already confessed sins that you're aware of. Okay, But again, this is a time of confession. Uh, This is a time to verbalize your request of God for resources and relationships. Lord, I am needy because. Lord, the church is needy because. Lord, this person is needy because. Again, it's similar to uh, Acts. Of course, a lot of us are familiar with that. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Now, the supplication, of course, is where we tend to go. And sometimes when we use this acronym, we don't spend much time on the ACT. Okay. So it's the same thing. But I think it's a fresh approach that will help you. How many have the 2959 plan that we uh, talked about last year? Okay. I tell you, that is a jewel for worship-based prayer. It's just full of Scripture. It's full of insights in how to truly know God. So I put some good passages to start with that you can use. Uh, you can just put Bible verses about worship in Google and and find more. And uh, Really, any passage can be used in this way, but you want to start out with the easier ones. And also Paul's prayers. Paul's prayers and how he prayed for people. He worshiped God and he prayed for their souls. Uh, He didn't pray for their physical needs. It's interesting as you study those prayers. Be patient and ask for the Spirit's health. If you practice these principles over time, you will be transformed through prayer. It's so important that our church becomes a worship-based prayer family. On an airplane, you have two wings, right? And this is individual prayer. And this is corporate prayer. So when you talk about the strength of our church, we talk about you know, who's spending time with God. The more people who are spending time with God and worshiping Him, the stronger we are. But there's also corporate prayer. Prayer in small groups. Praying together just as the early believers did. And we also want to introduce all church prayer. In fact, on March 1st, we're going to have a Fresh Encounter service, which is real similar to our Thanksgiving service uh, with you know, the band and with testimonies, but we're going to really design it around this worship-based prayer. And we can experience it together it's just uh, so exciting again I encourage you to uh, buy that book transforming uh, transforming your prayers uh, by Daniel Henderson and also we're having our leadership gathering after the second service and our leadership gathering is not just limited to our leaders if you'd like to show up for a good lunch (laughs) Maybe you're checking Springbrook out and you want to see, how does this church work? Well, why don't you come to that meeting? Come to that meeting because we're going to be practicing worship-based prayer. You can learn more about it. Let's pray together. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, thank You for refreshing my soul in regards to prayer through uh, Daniel Henderson. Lord, I just... Uh, I just pray that I would be a model and that in everything I do throughout the church and my personal time with you, I'd always start out with worship because we have to get our world in context and you are the center of it. I, I pray for my friends here who will experiment with this. And I know they'll be frustrated at first and they'll feel awkward, but I pray you'll give them the Give them the patience to just continue on. Lord, thank You for Your Facebook. Thank You that we can turn to at any time. That we can experience You, spend time with You. What an incredible privilege. In Christ's name, Amen.